Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again to do another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, this is kind of part two of the Mike Norvell hire. Going to jump into a little bit of the ideas to how the contract came about, one that certainly appears to be pretty favorable for Florida State, uh, while also giving a individual an awful lot of incentives. Uh, and obviously the real money is to be made in contract number two. Uh, but for us, we don't need to be getting too far down the road without thinking the people in New Iberia, Louisiana. Three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. Louisiana hot sauce, been with us since the first day that we debuted the Nolcast. Couldn't ask for a better partner, couldn't ask for a better product that we're authentically able to praise. And as always, want to uh, give a tip of the hat to them uh, as we jump into the meat of the podcast here. Absolutely, man. It is a delicious product. Let's go ahead and get into it. It's also it's also cheap, uh, which is great. And you can kind of say that Florida State might have got off a little bit cheap with this Mike Norvell contract. That's a segue. Let's talk about this Mike Norvell contract real fast before we get into maybe some discussion of a, of a potential assistant coaching hires here for Mike Norvell. Uh, one thing we noted in the last show when we did sort of our, not the last show, but the last show pre-hire uh, was that, look, we believe Florida State has a yes from Norvell that they got earlier in the week. They might be trying to take a swing at, at a bigger guy one last time before going with Norvell. Uh, you will hear, probably through some leaks, that Norvell has interest in Ole Miss. We believe this is a play to drive up uh, the cost on, on Florida State in negotiations. And we also noted that our Florida State people were confident that that was, bull- or that that was BS and, uh, and that Norvell did not have real interest in Old Miss. It looks like they they were correct in I'm not gonna say calling that bluff, but essentially not giving that a whole lot of credence. And uh, and so a contract uh, that we're hearing is probably less than four million average annual value uh, for six years. Not sure on the buyout language just yet on that, but uh, less than they were paying Willie Taggart for a guy who certainly has less coaching experience in terms of head coaching. So I understand it, and you weren't having to get him away from a big time school like Oregon, uh, but. Clearly somebody who I think they went to and said, hey, if you want to be here, let's do this. And we'll put some escalators in there. We'll, 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 we'll put the things where if you if you really succeed, this can jump up. But like he did not get some massive contract. I thought that was interesting. It seems like Florida State used its leverage here effectively. Although, of course, he had some leverage over them knowing that he was their guy, <laughs> right? At a certain point, especially after Franklin decided to re-up with Penn State. I mean, there's yep. no more real potential people on the table who you were seriously in with, at least not that we know of, he had leverage too, but it seems like he really wanted to be in Tallahassee. It does seem like he really wanted to be in Tallahassee. I, I was actually concerned about how that situation had played out and that some maybe Florida State had lost some of the leverage there. Um, I shortly thereafter had somebody whose opinion I greatly value, I'll put it that way, uh, whisper in my ear that I would not be concerned about leverage. Uh, now, whether that means they had already come to an agreement or they were just that aware that uh, Ole Miss was not going to be a play. I, you know, look, I, I don't want to speculate on it. I think that we were uh, – Florida State was very fortunate to be, one, a job that this guy authentically wanted, and two – Ole Miss, the job that was going to most uh, be paired against them from a negotiation standpoint, was one that he kind of authentically, I don't know if animosity, I don't know if that's the right word, but I I don't think that that would have been his choice institution. Uh, Memphis and Ole, Ole Miss is 
you know, Memphis is by far the closest city to Ole Miss. There's a lot of overlap there. Um, I think that maybe previously there's a backstory there that, that Norvell had some frustrations with that university. Uh, and Florida State was fortunate that that was the one that it was most likely going to have to uh, be leveraged against. And um, they were very fortunate that they had a candidate that authentically and eagerly uh, wanted their job and maybe had the foresight to negotiate a contract that will still make him fabulously wealthy and three point, you know, nine or whatever it ends up being goes a hell of a long way in Tallahassee, Florida. I can promise you. Uh, but a guy that uh, also has the foresight of, of knowing that he needs to bring in a hell of a lot of support staff um, and also needs to be able to make some really big uh, splashes in the assistant pool. So um, I heard some similarities and, uh, references to an early Dabo contract. I think that's going to be something that you hear about all the time. Um, and maybe there's some truth to that, but Mike Dorvell appears to be hired, uh, at a really good market value from a Florida state perspective. And, uh, hopefully it'll give him the resources needed to, uh, fill out his broader staff. And with that, maybe we should move the conversation to some of these positions that might make up that staff. Yeah, so the two names that we, uh, we, we heard hired today, obviously, uh, were uh, one who you're very familiar with, uh, Odell Higgins, and uh, Odell is going to return as the defensive line coach. Now, I don't know if we got clarity on it. That means just defensive tackles or defensive ends, but certainly Ordell, or uh, not, not Nordell. I, I kind of just combined, uh, combined, <laughs> combined Norvell and Odell there. Sorry about that. Uh, but certainly o- Odell is, is a guy who was – one of the backbones of the Florida State program and, and really genuinely cares about how Florida State does. He's been the interim coach both times that Florida State has needed it over the last three seasons and, and uh, somebody who uh, – I'm not going to say that Florida State told Mike Norvell that he had to keep Odell Higgins. He probably just looked at the guy's resume and said, yeah, that, that sounds good to me. And if, if he needed a little suggestion like, hey, if you don't keep Norvell – or if you don't keep Odell, you better have a damn good reason – that, that all makes sense to me. I, I think it's fine to keep him. Um, some people, there was some speculation that he might retire, but it looks like he uh, he might be re-energized once again, uh, which would be good, and, and they're going to need him because the, the talent in his position has dropped off a little bit in the last three seasons. Odell Higgins uh, needs to be coaching defensive tackles, and he needs to be recruiting Polk County. I mean, those are the two things that uh, just I kind of blindly associate with him feel that he's exceptional at both uh, when he's allowed to focus on those two things. Not that Odell is not a, a, an asset and a very real resource uh, in other parts of the state and other parts of the country even, uh, but Odell is uh, best suited to coach interior linemen, uh, has a hell of a resume and uh, needs to be used in the part of Florida where he's as, uh, as much of an institution as, as anybody anywhere. So uh, easy to uh, be frustrated with, <laughs> with the previous staff for all kinds of reasons, but the idea that they took that guy out of Polk County is one that I didn't make sense at the time and uh, hasn't made any more sense to me since that day. Yeah, that, w- that was one of the curious decisions there for sure. All right, so next, Kenny Dillingham. Kenny Dillingham, who uh, was with Mike Norvell at Memphis, then left to become the quarterback's coach. At Auburn, uh, he is going to be on the Florida State staff. We believe, as the OC, um, that will be uh, that will be an interesting hire. There, a guy who is a, a strong recruiter, 
and clearly somebody who Mike Norvell trusts, although Norvell runs his own offense. So I'm not convinced that Dillingham is going to be a, going to be the primary play caller or anything like that. But it seems like, like a pretty good hire. Uh, he's somebody who recruits the same areas that Norvell recruited at Memphis, does a lot with, with the junior colleges in Mississippi. Now, you may have heard that Florida State could be uh, on the lookout for some junior college help, in fact, that, that could be a, a thing they might need a little bit just because they're you know, some of their personnel is a bit lacking there, especially at offensive tackle. And uh, he actually has three offensive linemen in the junior college ranks committed to him uh, when he was at Auburn. So we'll see if he's able to flip any of those guys. I, I kind of doubt it if they're going to be early signing period guys, but uh, if, if they're going to be later, um, certainly that, that's, that's worth a look. He's a young guy. I know that he has been on some players previously at previous stops who I liked before they blew up into na- like big-time national recruits. So to me... I mean, I'm biased here, but, like, I like that he was on these dudes. I would look it up and say, okay, huh, I see that guy's offering this kid. Uh, and, and man, he's on a lot of these kids fairly early. So I don't know if that's a Norvell thing when he was working for him or if that's just something that, that he does himself. But I, I, if Norvell likes him and went out and got him on day one, I think you have to give Mike Norvell the benefit of the doubt, given his, his solid track record so far uh, of hiring coaches and then also hiring their replacements when those coaches have inevitably uh, been snapped up for a bigger job like Dillingham was at Auburn. So now those two are going to be reunited. So those are the two uh, that, that we definitely know for now as far as on the actual coaching staff. The third one that I think we're really pretty confident in is is Coach Storms, right? Uh, strength coaches almost always go with, with their uh, – with, 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 with their head coach. And, and Josh Storms is the strength coach at at Memphis. Um, I'd be shocked if he wasn't the next strength coach at Florida State. The only real, I don't say the only, there's not so many examples of times when a coach doesn't get to go to the new place. The one example I, I can think off the top of my head was Jimbo, who decided not to take Vic Valoria with him to uh, Texas A&M, but that was one of many examples because he had a lot of guys in that staff who... He, uh, he didn't think we're bad enough to fire, apparently, but we're definitely not good enough to go with him. Uh, to yeah. Playing one very full, leaving Tallahassee, going to College Station uh, when it comes to people that he took with him. That's for sure. All right. So just for note, uh, I just want to be fully transparent with people. We're recording Monday night uh, around 10 p.m. There's a decent chance some of these names that we mention uh, may even be official news by the time we're probably going to publish this Tuesday night. Uh, early Wednesday morning. So uh, if this sounds dated to you, um, you know, developments in this part of the coaching search happen really quickly. And uh, we'll just give you as good of an idea as we can as far as uh, how this plays out and give you just some some solid candidates as to who could ultimately fill these positions. Yeah, just call this informed speculation, right? This is going to be a combination of people uh, with whom we know Mike Norvell has, has a a, like a relationship and or has expressed to people internally that he would like to hire. Uh, so let's go ahead. Uh, one guy I think could be very interesting, a, a guy who I know uh, Norvell had a high opinion of as a recruiter, uh, and that would be uh, David Johnson. David Johnson right now is the receivers coach at Tennessee, uh, but prior to that he was the running backs coach. He worked with Norvell for several years, um, a guy who I believe that Norvell really likes on the trail was also a high school coach in Louisiana, so he understands the, the high school coaching game some. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all to see David Johnson as the, uh, the, the 
as maybe the running back coach or perhaps the receivers coach. There's a lot of kind of moving pieces that you have to figure out here. Uh, but I, I think he's a guy who, uh, if there's a spot that, that Mike Norvell will likely go after. Um, yeah. We're trying to figure out if there's going to be a spot because you still have Telly Lockett and Ron Dugans right now on the recruiting trail. Yeah. A guy who's currently coaching running backs at Tennessee and a guy whose Twitter handle I think is Coach Yards After the Catch or something like that. So give you a decent idea that his professional background has been at either of the two skill possessions there. Yeah, uh, and, and a guy who you know you're going to get to to help you in, in the recruiting game. Uh, we already mentioned Ron Dugans. Ron Dugans is a name I, I I do think that Norvell will take a look at. Probably probably watch like watch him during bowl practices. You know that would make sense to me. You get to see the guy work up up close. You get to see his relationships as you're on the road recruiting with him, uh, and see his relationships with some of these high school coaches, some of these players within the state. Obviously, he went and got Dugans from Miami. Uh, this offseason, I think Dugas is a good coach, and it would not shock me at all if they're able to keep Ron Dugans on this staff. Another name that we've heard talked about a little bit uh, potentially as maybe a tight ends coach is Chris Thompson, uh, not the former beloved tailback from Madison County, uh, spelled T-H-O-M-S-E-N, uh, but just give people an idea as to his background or what might be appealing about him. Yeah, so Chris Thompson uh, worked with Mike Norvell previously, right? He is at Texas Christian right now. Uh, he's 49, and he was with Norvell at what at Arizona State, excuse me, 20, 2013 to 2016. Norvell uh, was at Memphis 16 to 19. So they were together at Arizona State for three seasons. That would be 2013, 14, uh, and 15, I believe. Uh, he was the offensive line coach back then at ASU. Uh, they also, I believe, have crossed paths at Central Arkansas, uh, although not at the same time. Uh, 2003 to 2004, he was the uh, he was the coach there at Central Arkansas. They're both Texas guys. Norvell is from Texas, and uh, Thompson, Thompson was, was a head coach at Abilene Christian for six years as well uh, in the mid 2000s. So, a guy who has uh, experience, not head coaching at a major program, but has experience filling out almost every coach or every place on a coaching roster that you can. Yeah, and, and so we we think that this is a name that Norvell is, is seriously going to consider. Just call this one informed speculation. Uh, not sure if he would be your offensive line coach or your tight ends coach. Uh, probably has the ability to do either. This is a position that's really important coaching-wise, especially if he does instruct the offensive line a good bit, and and the the reason we bring him up too is because we we believe that that the top offensive offensive line coaching target for Norvell at this point is Ryan Silverfield. Ryan Silverfield is the current offensive line coach of Memphis. He's also the assistant head coach and do some does some recruiting stuff for them in terms of recruiting duties. Uh, but he is also the interim head coach of Memphis, and Ingram, I believe he's very much in the running for that job. If if he does not get that job, I fully expect that he's going to be Florida State's offensive line coach. I think that's what Coach Norvell would really like. But we don't know if he's going to get that head coaching job uh, there at Memphis. Uh, have you heard anything on this? I know he's been pressing for the job, I believe. <laughs> he went after it pretty aggressively in his in kind of his temporary opening press conference. He said a bunch of stuff kind of similar to what we mentioned uh, a show ago about the traditional talking points. But uh, – this is a quote. This is the job I wanted. This is not one of those where I take the job and I'm looking at other jobs. It's not a stepping stone for me. 
this is the this is one of those where 20 years from now we'll be having this press conference and I'll be heading off into retirement. Okay, I, I give you credit, man. That's uh, that's a guy who sees an opportunity and and wants to take it. Um, I don't know necessarily that he'll be named the head coach, but uh, somebody that kind of is aggressively throwing his hat into the ring. He's 39. Uh, he previously coached uh, the Detroit Lions in, in the NFL, uh, not as the head coach, obviously. But he, he's been uh, he's been with Norvell actually all four seasons at Memphis, and uh, and did a really nice job there, including replacing I think four offensive line starters this past year. I mean, good looking dude. So obviously he's got that kind of head coaching look to him um, to the extent that 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 exists, but. He's a guy who I, I know Norvell really likes and respects, and if, if he can get him, if he doesn't get that Memphis job, uh, certainly is somebody that uh, that he's going to try to get to Tallahassee. Uh, so that's kind of what a, we're dealing with on offense. Got a great source, bud. Great source. Actually, it's just Zane Herring. But uh, it, I did take a, an interest in the note that uh, that Herring seems to think that ultimately Silverfield may make his way onto the Florida State staff and be the offensive line coach. So that, that would be um, very good. And he would I be don't want to take too know. much out of what you get out of recruits, but uh, when an offensive lineman's talking to you about who his future potential coach, uh, future possible position coach might be, I think it's worth noting. Totally agree. Okay. So let's uh, let's go here. You want to go special teams or you want to go defensive side of the ball? Because I don't have quite as many answers on the defensive side of the football. Defensive side of the ball, we'll do it real quickly just so that we can knock it out. I I think we're fairly confident that, that Adam Fuller is going to be on the staff in some capacity. Uh, that's not Either a guarantee. Landing, I think, is, is a yeah, really as good the chance. Defense, as the defense coordinator there. Um, Fuller, there may be an outside chance where you would bring Fuller on and he doesn't necessarily uh, – the active DC. Maybe you have uh, two guys with that in their job title. But it, I would – there's not a whole lot of confidence uh, when I look at the defensive side of the ball other than the previously noted Odell Hagens. But I, I think that Adam Fuller is more than likely a, a future employee of Florida State. So Adam Fuller, uh, just for those of y'all who don't know, he is 44 years old, uh, has been a, a defensive coordinator at four different schools, did a really nice job at Marshall. That's why Norvell hired him away and instantly improved um, – Memphis from a bottom third defense in the nation to a top third defense in the nation in his lone season there working with Norvell. He's a guy that we know has impressed Norvell in that lone season of working with him. And this is important because Norvell is an offensive guy. He is not one of these coaches who is heavily involved in the defense from what I was told. He is involved pretty heavily in offense, obviously, since he calls it. And he also does care about special teams. But he kind of needs like a a head coach of the defense, if, if you will. And I, I, from that perspective, I do like that Fuller runs his own defense. That There's no guessing here of like, hey, who was running that Memphis defense? It was Fuller, and they did a really nice job. Additionally, uh, he's from the Mike Elko tree of coaching. El- Elko is the, uh, the A&M defensive coordinator by way of Notre Dame. Uh, so I, I think there's a good chance that Fuller is going to be one of the top targets for the defensive coordinator position. You might say, bud, that's pretty obvious because he was with him at Memphis, but yeah, he was only with them for one year at Memphis. So to me, that's not obvious. We actually have information that Norvell really respects the job that he did this year. Um, like you said, he could come but maybe as a position coach, but at the same time, like you've done a really nice job 
several years in a row now calling your own defense. Do you really want to take a, a downgrade and, and not be in charge of a defense? I, I don't know. Maybe. But I'd be surprised if Fuller came and he wasn't at least a co-coordinator. Um, the other name on this list, of course, is Dan Lanning, who you know Norvell also really respects. He was on Norvell's staff for several years. Uh, and then they, they've been together, obviously, longer than he and Fuller have. And then Kirby Smart plucked him away to go coach at Georgia. Uh, he is the Georgia, quote-unquote, defensive coordinator. I think we all understand who really runs that defense at Georgia, even if even if uh, Lanning is doing the signals on game day, and that would be head coach Kirby Smart. Uh, so while I think that Lanning having big school experience is a plus, certainly he's an excellent recruiter. I, I don't know really a whole lot about Fuller's recruiting experience. Uh, but Lanning, I think, would also be an interesting and, and probably really good candidate if you can get him from Georgia. My only real question there would be, like, it, has he ever run his own defense? You know what I mean? Um, because on that side of the ball, you're going to kind of be on your own. Uh, we know that, that Norvell is going to want both guys to be very aggressive. He is from um, he's from a coaching tree, not Lanning, but, but Norvell uh, from – uh, from, from Todd Graham, who wants to run an extremely aggressive, like blitzing defense and and get the ball out of the quarterback's hands fast, I think both these guys can run a defense that that is uh, compatible with that desire. Yeah, Landing's only 32 years old. Uh, really interesting candidate who has an exceptionally bright future. Way more confident in Fuller ultimately joining the staff. Not saying Lanning won't be, but if you're betting me to, you know, if you ask me to bet, I'd probably put seven and a half dollars for every two and a half that I put on on Lanning. Yeah, and and part of this might just be look like if Georgia really likes Dan Lanning, they can just pay up, right? I mean, probably pay more than what what uh, what, what what he can do. But at the same time, I mean, hasn't Lanning been with Norvell since? Like the Pittsburgh days? I'm trying to think here. Just running this real fast. I want to see how deep their relationship goes. So they were first together at Pittsburgh in 2011. Then they all went to Arizona State with Todd with, with Todd Graham. Um, and then he was at Memphis uh, with him until 17. So they coached eight seasons together, 2011 through 2017. Like th- those guys def- – wait, no, excuse me, no. Uh, one of the years – uh, Lanning went, went to Sam Houston State, and the other year he went to Alabama. So uh, there's a two-year gap there, 14-15, in, uh, in which they did not coach together. So they've coached six seasons together out of the past uh, nine. Certainly two guys who are really familiar with each other. For Lanning, if the money's similar, this would be a chance to run your own defense. You, you don't have uh, quite uh, you know, quite as good of uh, – uh, players at Florida State as you do at Georgia. But, yeah, I, I think that's – those are two really good candidates, man. Like, the more I – at first I thought, okay, landing, 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 and then I looked into it more. I was like, damn, Fuller's done a really good job and has run his own has run his own defense multiple places and, and really improved it. I know he took uh, – he was at an FCS school, and he took them from outside the top 100 to uh, top 15 both of his final years. That was pretty impressive to me. He, he's done a he's done a really nice job. Here's my problem, though. I have no idea who these guys want to hire on the defensive side of the football. If if they get hired, like I don't have any indications of that at this point in terms of oh they're going to bring in this defensive guy or that defensive guy. 
And I think part of this is because we know Norvell is more of an offensive coach. His connections are, are most likely to be more on the offensive side. And if you look at the list of guys who got hired away uh, from the Memphis from the Memphis side, most of the ones who got those big P5 jobs were offensive coaches because Memphis's defense was not that good until the final year, which is the year that, that, that Fuller ran it. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and BS y'all that I know who the other candidates are for the defensive staff. I think that they'll most likely it will be Fuller or Lanning at the top, and then those guys will have a pretty strong hand in filling out the, the defensive side of the, of, of the coaching roster. Uh, we'll jump to special teams at this point. Pete Limbo, another guy that you can add. Picture doesn't necessarily jump to mind as what you would expect that of a uh, of a football coach, but a guy who certainly knows his way around uh, around the special teams unit and has emerged as as kind of one of the premier assets when it comes to uh, to a coach on that side of the ball. Yeah, uh, he was actually at Ball State as a head coach. I'm trying to think where Pete was before. I'm actually just straight up Googling this. But he I remember for a while he, he, he was at Ball State. Um, oh, he was at Rice uh, before Memphis for one year. And then he was he was at Maryland on uh, Durkin's staff. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, really nowhere notable. Uh, Elon, Lehigh, Lehigh. Hampton, Sydney, by the way, as was Ryan Silverfield, uh, just in case you were curious. I'm sorry. We have two Hampton, Sydney guys here? This is amazing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a long time ago, 1997, but still. That uh, I did not expect to hear that name tonight. All right, let's do it. Um, yeah, two X, man. Look at that. So uh, Limbo obviously has had a hand in uh, the Memphis special teams. They, they've been very good before, or, or since before he got to Memphis. So I don't know that he is necessarily quite the integral part of the Memphis special teams as maybe like the bio would make him out to be because they were really good before he got there and they just continue to be very good this year. But overall, um, I think he did a very nice job with them this year. So it wouldn't shock me if Pete Lumbo comes as a special teams guy. The, the positions of which I am least confident in right now in terms of like, I don't really have any names to bring y'all. I do not know who will be the linebackers coach. I do not know if Florida state will go with the DNs coach and a, and a D tackles coach. And I don't know who's going to be the DB coach. Those are, are names to me that are very much uh, entangled with who's going to be the DC. He, those are, are coverage positions, and so they really fit into the defensive scheme in a special way and are positions that the DC is probably going to be the guy to have a pretty big hand in choosing, of course, with, with Norvell's uh, input and approval. Silverfield's actually a Hampton-Sydney graduate, and I went to school. We overlapped for one year there. So, all right. Go alma mater. Uh, so let's talk off the field, guys, real quick. I think this is interesting. You want you, you want to do this too? We already talked Coach Storms to, to be the strength coach. I, I'm pretty sure that'll get done. Uh, so another one that I, I think would likely follow him again. Uh, maybe Sherman Morris. There, there, there. Uh, he's one of their recruiting guys as well. Another one I think could be a possibility, uh, like maybe like a Carlos Lachlan as a. He's currently their director of high school relations. That would make sense. Your, your head coach is typically. Pretty tight with, with, with your DHSR. Uh, so, anyway, just, just some names there tonight we wanted to throw out for y'all we think could make up a, a solid staff. Obviously, if they get all their first choices, which rarely happens in, in a coaching thing, just got to remember that. A lot of times we'll be, we'll be bringing new names because they'll miss on some of these guys. Some of these guys will get better offers elsewhere. But I I, I do think they have the makings of, of a pretty solid staff if they're able to land a, 
a number of their top choices, especially because the track record that uh, that Coach Norvell has of, of hiring coaches is, is pretty solid. Yeah, it was one of the real strengths that we talked about, one of uh, his greatest greatest features and, and ability to very much kind of have your finger on the pulse of young, upcoming coaches he both has, but he also has a documented history of making great hires. So uh, I think Florida State staff, once fully assembled, will be something that a lot of people can get excited about. And I think a lot of the names that we mentioned uh, here tonight may well make their way onto said first staff. So any other aspects of, uh, of the program that we want to speculate about or any other names that we want to throw out there or at this point, we think we can call it a wrap. Yeah, I, I... – I just worry the information is going to get too dated if, if we go with anything else. Here's the ones that I, I think we have a, a decent handle on. I mean, to the extent you can have, you know, a decent handle yeah. on at this point in the yeah. process. As always, fortunate to be able to do this. Uh, very much appreciate the support, feedback that we've received recently. Uh, if you have time to give us, <laughs> if you have time to give us a review on iTunes, sometimes we joke. Uh, that, hey, you guys can subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. I, I only bring that up because it, it, for some reason recently, that's actually had something that people have had to do to be able to get the podcast. I don't know uh, if this is an iTunes problem, uh, but the amount of uh, visibility on some of the pods that we put out recently have been a real problem. So if you're having problems with a feed, uh, that's something you can do, and we always try to provide a hard link uh, on Twitter. So however you consume the podcast, we uh, very much appreciate it. And we look forward to doing one in the near future.